How we doing, fellas? Fellas, fellas, fellas. Fellas, welcome back. How's everybody doing? I, I'm Austin Abbott. I'm Ron Burgundy. What up? What up? What up? What up? How's everybody doing? Welcome back to Fade Consensus Podcast. Today, we are just catching up. We're going to chill. We're talking about year two running backs. Uh, I'm probably going to tell you all a lot that you didn't know, so just chill, listen, just relax. All right? Yeah, man. Uh, before we kick things off this weekend, dude, this weekend was fun. I was still real sick. I'm still real sick. We, uh, we went to a lot of bars. Uh, my lady friend's birthday, so we celebrated, took her out. Got some really good Italian food, real expensive. That wasn't fun, but uh, it was a good time, man. The bars were good. The bars were so packed. The bars were crazy. It was it was good though. Like I had fun. Uh, we're talking year two running backs today. We're talking all the big dogs: J.K. Dobbins, J- Jonathan Taylor, Acres, J. Rob, DeAndre Swift, Clyde Edwards-Helaire. But you know who we're gonna start with first? Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, alright, dude, look, if there was one player that I've missed, like, straight up just whiffed completely wrong on, it was Antonio Gibson, man, like, I was so wrong about this kid, I thought this kid was garbage, I literally, like, man, I'll tell you what, another one that I missed on so bad was Lamar Jackson, dude, after his rookie year, I was just so anti-Lamar, but I was terribly wrong, and here I am, again, admitting I was horribly wrong on Antonio Gibson. Dude, a year ago today, Darius Geis was the man. Like, Darius Geis was, like, that buy-low running back that you wanted to get, or you could argue sell-high running back, right? Nobody knew what the future held, and I was sitting there on the board in my rookie dynasty rookie draft last year at 4.03 on the clock, literally third pick, fourth round, and I'm like, uh, do I go Antonio Gibson? My gut tells me I kind of should because he's, uh, what was he, round two running back, like draft cap matters. <coughs> but I was like, no, I'm also going to go draft cap matters. I'm taking round two receiver, KJ Hamler, because I actually like a little about this kid. I like that he's a burner. I kind of like the landing spot, but I know Sutton and Judy were in front of him, but I was like, whatever, John, John Elway, you know, he invested second round draft draft cap. I trust it, so I'm gonna take KJ Hamler. <clears throat> and boy, was that horrible! So, look, KJ Hamler could still hit. I'm just saying, man, I should have taken Antonio Gibson. Like that still keeps me up at night. It still bothers me because this kid is now like a fringe dynasty RB one already. And look, man, he had 170 rushing attempts as a rookie in 14 games. Right, the volume wasn't good. Okay, it wasn't there. And he was very efficient. He had almost 800 rushing yards. I'll tell you what he, he that what he was really good at. It was finding the end zone. He had a hundred, a hundred. What am I saying? He had 11 rushing touchdowns, and then he also had an additional uh, zero receiving touchdowns. Right, so 11 total on the year. Dude, that's good. I don't care what anyone says. 11 touchdowns in 14 games. That's money. Like that's what you want. You know what people don't talk about, which is kind of surprising is he only had 36 receptions, okay? Like, like that's bad. That's straight up bad, and I'm not going to be negative, right? I'm, 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 I got nothing but love for uh, Antonio Gibson, okay? Dude made me look like an idiot, and guess what? Rightfully so. I was an idiot. I am an idiot. So, Antonio Gibson, I'll tell you what, man. He's going to get a lot more receptions. Um, like I said, I'm not going to be negative, but 
I gotta be honest here. Ryan Fitzpatrick is garbage. Like, there's nothing appealing about Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's garbage, right? He has what one? He's going in year seventeen or something, and he has one year in his career where he broke four thousand passing yards. And oh no 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 no, dude, he's never broken four thousand passing yards. What am I saying? It's literally zero. He's never broken four thousand passing yards, right? That's like. Like, people think Ryan Fitzpatrick is, like, the solid, gunslinging quarterback. It's like, no, dude, he's really not. There's a reason he's always been a journeyman. There's a reason he's always been a backup, right? And I tweeted about the other day. I'm scrolling on Twitter right now trying to find it. It was, uh, give me two seconds. It was, Ryan Fitzpatrick is heading into year 17. Number of total, uh, number of 4,000-plus passing yard seasons, zero. Number of seasons, with 25-plus passing touchdowns, one. Okay, so, like, you guys need to chill out with the whole Terry McLaurin and Curtis Samuel being, like, top 10, top 12 wide receivers. Like, that's literally not going to happen. And I don't care what their ADP is. They're probably uh, they're going to disappoint. Okay, like, could they still be good? Yeah, they could still be good players. Are they going to be league winners? They could be. Um but I'll tell you what, you can get a lot better value in the draft than these two players. And that is 100% because of Ryan Fitzpatrick at home, right? Nothing about Ryan Fitzpatrick being there is good for Gibson or those two wide receivers. It's not good. It is literally not appealing. History has shown why he's always been a backup. But we're going to stay on track. We're going to keep talking about Antonio Gibson, the big dog. And I'm going to tell you guys why you should keep drafting him at his ADP. And I'm going to tell you that he's a beast, all right? Look, I know he's got the toe injury. I get it. I get that that bothers people. Guess what? He's going to get over it. But clearly, you know, it's relevant. It's still an issue, right? Because it was bothering him at the very end of the year, and here we are in mid-June, and it is still an issue. He may miss a game, right? But look, relax. Just calm down. He's going to be fine. He's a running back. Dude, they are literal bruisers. They get banged up. It happens. Dalvin Cook, he's arguably the best running back in the league. Guess what? He misses a game or two every year, you know, and look at his first two years. He just missed the majority of his first two years, right? Everybody wanted to write him off. He's a bust. Dude, running backs get banged up. They miss games. Pump the brakes. Relax. Look at Saquon Barkley. Is he a bust? Uh, He's missed so much time the past two years. Dude, just chill out. Like, it's literally running backs. Look at Joe Mixon. I mean, Joe Mixon was as healthy as could be to start his career, and then all of a sudden he's recently getting banged up. Dude, it happens, all right? Just... Relax, grab their handcuffs too. They're going to be fine, dude. I'll tell you what, J.D. McKissick, even though he's gross, he's probably a really good backup in PPR format, right? We only play PPR format. You don't play, unless, like, dude, if you play something else other than PPR, you're you're weirdo. We've already talked about this on the pod, right? With that being said, J.D. McKissick, very good for PPR purposes if uh, Antonio Gibson goes down. So, Antonio Gibson... Look, man, I expect him, I don't know if he's going to quite score uh, 11 touchdowns on the ground again. Like, that's a really, really good number. Um, I do expect his receptions and targets to go up, even though I just ripped on Ryan Fitzpatrick. I just expect his workload to be higher, right? He had 250 receiving yards last year. Okay, that's not a very good number, but will it go up? Yeah, absolutely, it's going to go up, right? His volume's going to go up. His rushing attempts are going to go up a lot, man, tremendously. They're going to go from 170 to, like, Oh boy, he get 225 rushing attempts or more, and that would not surprise me. That'd be an additional 50 to 60 t- uh, 
touches just on the ground, right? That doesn't include his targets, right? So he could literally have, like, realistically speaking, uh, 80 more touches next year. I think that's a very rational, very realistic number for Antonio Gibson, right? So picture this. Antonio Gibson might regress a little bit in touchdowns. Like, like that's a possibility, right? With that being said, give him an additional 80 touches, okay? And he only played 14 games last year. Like, let's say he plays 14, 15, 16 games this year, right? A little bit more. Um, last year, he scored 200, 200 fantasy points. He was um, running back 13, okay, in, in PPR format. Imagine if the RB13 last year had an additional 80 touches. I mean, dude, like, why couldn't he be, I don't know, like, RB7 to 10 range? Could he do it? Yeah, he absolutely could do it. I'll tell you how he could do it if Washington gives him the volume, number one. And number two, he stays efficient and finds the end zone, right? If if he can do those things, which he can do them, but if he does them, he's going to be a top 10 back next year, man. Antonio Gibson's a good player that I was wrong on last year, and he's going to get better. I don't know what else there is to say about Antonio Gibson, man. Like, if you're getting him as your RB2 this year, like, you should be happy, okay? I'm going RB, RB, RB. I'm going three running backs to start every single redraft league this year. It is 100% the smartest thing to do. You're playing an additional, a 17th game, right? And what do running backs do? Often, more often than not, they get hurt, right? So with that being said, you should probably stack up on them. You should probably have one more. You should make sure that instead of, you know, going like RB, RB, then wide receiver, I think you should go an additional running back. Because they're they're not a dime a dozen, right? There's only a handful that are relevant in the league. There's not even 15 running backs that I even like this year. Uh, maybe right around 15. Yeah, dude. Bottom line, Antonio Gibson's a beast. Draft him as your RB2 this year. You're going to be happy. Good player. And draft him. Just draft him and draft him. All right, we're going to move on. We're talking J.K. Dobbins next. J.K. Dobbins is one of my favorite running backs coming out last year. This kid was stupid at Ohio State. I mean, this kid was disgusting. His stats were so much better than Zeke's. And, like, look, he wasn't the prospect that Zeke was coming out. He absolutely wasn't. And he's not going to be the NFL running back that Zeke was, right? It's not going to happen. Um... J.K. Dobbins is really, really, really talented who lands in the worst landing spot in the entire NFL, right? The Baltimore Ravens are the number one team. They are the worst landing spot for fantasy, unless your name is Lamar Jackson, okay? Listen to this. You do not simply rush for 1,200 yards and 12 touchdowns. Like, J.K. Dobbins is not going to go ball out this year, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because of volume. That is the only reason. And look... But Austin, uh, volume doesn't really matter when you're that good of a player. No, volume literally always matters. Volume is the number one thing. It is the number one most important thing in fantasy and dynasty, right? Lamar Jackson is probably going to get 25% of the team snaps, okay? Uh, Rushing attempts, I should say. J.K. Dobbins, right, going into year two, he he had a good year one, right? 134 rushing attempts, 805 yards, 9 touchdowns. Good good year, right? Very, very, very efficient. J.K. Dobbins also has a guy named Gus Edwards in the backfield. Gus Edwards happens to have just signed a fat contract extension. 
that was the gut punch, right? That was the final straw for me straying away from JK this year. And I'm going to tell you why. is because when Lamar gets 25% of the entire Ravens backfield, you know, rushing attempts, um, JK is probably going to get like 35% of his workload cut in half, right? So I would say 35, 30 to 35%. It could be even as high as 40% is going to go to Gus Edwards. That leaves J.K. Dobbins with not only sixty percent of his, uh, you know, of his own touches, but but Lamar is literally taking twenty five percent on top of that, right? So, who knows what J.K. could end with, right? And I don't want to hear the whole. Uh, I don't want to hear the whole. Oh, but Mark Ingram's gone, bro. Like Mark Ingram's, you know, that's going to change everything. You know what Mark Ingram did last year? Nothing. He had eighty total touches last year. Okay, Mark Ingram was as irrelevant as it gets. It wasn't like J.K. Dobbins had taken over the backfield and Mark Ingrams had just faded away. It was like Mark Ingram was worthless the entire year. Okay, 80 total touches. <clears throat> so before you come and start coming at me with that, just know that Mark Ingram was irrelevant last year. And Gus Edwards' workload is going to get larger. Lamar, ready for this one? I'm not saying Lamar's going to run more. Lamar's going to pass more. The Ravens have come out and literally said, hey, we want to throw the ball more this year. And you know why I believe them? It's because of their actions. What have they done? They try to sign every single wide receiver. They try to get Kenny G. They try to get Juju. They offered them fat contracts. They couldn't. So they got Sammy Watkins, who sucks, right? They got Sammy Watkins. They drafted Tylen Wallace. And then they took their first-round pick. And what do they do? They draft Rashad Bateman. So their actions literally d- dictate exactly what they claim that they want to do this year, which is throw more. So when you factor all that in, I mean, Lamar's going to have over 400-plus passing attempts. Like, it's just going to happen. And here's a fun fa- uh, fun little stat for you guys, right? If you're a J.K. Dobbins truther, like, this is another gut punch, man. Um, no running back has ever caught more than 28 passes in the three years Lamar, Lamar has been a starter, okay? So right off the bat, Pencil J.K. Dobbins in for 30 receptions or less this year, right? That's what I believe. And, and like I said, that's the most Lamar's ever thrown to a running back. So if J.K. could match that number, that would only be 28 in the first 16 games. I know there's a 17th game this year, but, like, dude, that's horrible. If you told me I'm going to draft a running back with my second or third round pick and he's going to have 28 catches this year, I'm going to tell you that pick was a miss. I'm going to regret that pick. I'm not going to take that player you know, in round two or three. So, look, J.K. Dobbins, love the player, love the talent. I'm not drafting him at all this year. You can, you know, you can draft him, but look, you're going to be disappointed, all right? I don't mean to be negative. I like J.K. Dobbins so much, man. I love J.K. Dobbins. Baltimore is the worst place for fantasy football players. It is the worst player, as long as Lamar Jackson is there, okay? Lamar is going to ruin it, man. Gus is going to ruin it. Look, I'm just trying to warn you guys for the future because I promise you, J.K. Dobbins will not be a top 15 running back this year. He's not going to be, right? He could be good. He's not going to be top 15. He's going to be very touchdown dependent. That's one problem, right? That's that's one of the, you know, like you look at a lot of tight ends and you're like, oh, man, I just hope they fall in the end zone, right? That's what you're going to be saying about J.K. Dobbins this year. He could have 90 rushing yards or 80 rushing yards on the ground and, uh, you know, one catch for 17 yards and, before you know it, man, it's like, wow, he only had like a 10 or 11 fantasy point day without a touchdown, right? If he falls in the end zone, all of a sudden it's a 16, 17 point game. It's a very, you know, it's manageable, right? It's a decent game, but 
Look, man, I'm telling you, J.K. Dobbins will be touchdown dependent this year due to lack of volume. That is final. Do not draft J.K. Dobbins. All right, we're moving on. We're going to talk about the best running back in the class. We should have talked about him first, Jonathan Taylor. I don't want to even spend a whole lot of time on this kid because, quite frankly, he's probably the greatest running back I've ever seen in the history of the NFL, right? Sorry, Emmett Smith. Uh, I don't even, shouldn't even mention Emmett Smith, dude. You know why Emmett Smith isn't the GOAT? The GOAT is probably Barry Sanders or Walter Payton. Like, that's facts, dude. That's real facts for you guys. Sorry, dude. Emmett's a, Emmett's a real good player and all, but he's not number one. 100% not number one. Um, Jonathan Taylor had three seasons in college. I love this stat. He uh, he rushed for over a thousand in all three. Wait, I mean that's true and all, but uh, there's more to the stat. In the three years, he actually rushed for over two thousand yards in all three years. Right? Um, is there anything else I need to say about this kid? Like this kid is literally the goat. Jonathan Taylor is the greatest running back in the history of the NFL. Okay, as a rookie. He was not even given the reins. He was not even given, like, a full-on workload until late, late, late in the year, dude. He had 1,169 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns, and then 300 more yards in the air, 36 receptions. I mean, this kid had almost a 1,500-yard season, and it was just like they were running Jordan Wilkins. They were running uh, Naeem Hines. Marlon Mack got hurt. I mean, the backfield was like, I, I didn't know what Frank Wright was doing this year, man. I'm a Colts fan. I swear on my life, I am the furthest thing from a homer. The furthest thing from a homer, right? I am, I swear to you, man. I am, I promise you, like, there is not a single Colt that I care about for fantasy purposes besides Jonathan Taylor. We have the worst receiving core in the world. I think you could go take Humpty Dumpty and Burton Ernie and throw some uh, Hail Marys to those guys, and they'd probably be better than Zach Pascal and, like, freaking... I don't even know. Who are other wide receivers? Paris Campbell? Yeah, he's a bum. Uh, the Colts suck, man. I'm, I'm just kidding. The Colts are actually, like, an okay football team, but uh, Jonathan Taylor, man. Jonathan Taylor, going into year two, right? They, they re-signed Marlon Mack to a one-year deal. It was like one million one-year deal. I was kind of surprised, dude. I I thought they were going to give him more money than that because, like, Marlon Mack was pretty nice the two years earlier in his career. But but obviously just tore you know, his ACL. He was done all year. But you know why the Colts traded up round two to draft Jonathan Taylor 40th overall? You know why they did that? Because they weren't content with Marlon Mack. You know why Jonathan Taylor is going to continue to be a beast next year? Because uh, he's the best running back on the roster, and it's not even close. Like, that's not even a jab at Marlon Mack, because Marlon Mack's a good player, dude. But Jonathan Taylor is a great, great, great player, right? Jonathan Taylor's a generational talent. Like, he's that good. He's that good, dude. He was a stud at Wisconsin. And what's he do in his first year? Man, what did he finish? I'm looking it up right now. I think he was, like, running back six. Jonathan Taylor was stupid, dude. His final, uh, and I always go crazy about it, dude. His final game in the season this year, he had 30 rushing attempts, right? That is what I wish he would get every game, every freaking game. And he had 250 rushing yards. He was disgusting. Jonathan Taylor was RB6 this year. RB6. And he wasn't even given a full workload till like super, super late in the year. I mean... Dude, RB6, this kid is going to be a top five back this year as long as he gets the volume, right? And he should totally get the volume. They should literally take Jordan Wilkins, Wilkins, whatever the frick his name is, throw him off the roster, take Naeem Hines, say, hey, bud, 
look, you're probably actually decent in real life at football, but we want to make fantasy managers happy. We're going to throw you off the roster. And Marlon Mack, you can stay on the roster because you're actually a good football player, but Jonathan Taylor is going to get like a 75% snap percentage every game because this kid's just an absolute monster. Um, he is the number one back in the draft class. He, If you are doing a dynasty startup, Jonathan Taylor is 100% the first running back that should be off the board. He is 100% the first running back you should take. You don't want to take Christian McCaffrey or Dalvin Cook. These guys are going to be 25, 26, 27 years old before you know it. Jonathan Taylor is literally going into year two and three years younger than all these guys. You don't want to take Zeke with your first pick. You want to take Jonathan Taylor. Like, it's it's not rocket science, people, because a year from today, you're going to be looking at it, and you're going to be trying to sell Dalvin high. You're going to be trying to sell Zeke high. You're going to be trying to sell CMC high. Guess what? It's probably too late a year from today, right? But a year from today, Jonathan Taylor is going to be looked at as the number one back in all platforms. Dynasty, redraft, whatever. Jonathan Taylor, the number one running back in the league, okay? I promise you that he is going to be in a year. Um, we're going to talk about Cam Akers next. we got four more running backs, and we're going to get out of here, right? It's 9.40 p.m. on a Sunday night. I'm tired. Uh, long, long weekend. <clears throat> Dude, I'm still pretty sick. And I just uh, I really want to talk about these, these uh, second-year running backs, man. I love talking about second-year running backs. I also love America. All right, all right, all right. Cam Akers. Cam Akers had less rushing yards than Todd Gurley and Frank Gore last year. And you know why? It's because old guys rule. And Cam Akers is uh, Cam Fakers. He's going to disappoint this year. No, I'm just joking. I like Cam Akers. Cam Akers is a good player, right? 5'10", uh, 21 years old. He was a very, very, very good running back at Florida State who had a very, very, very bad offensive line. Gets drafted by the Rams. Also had a very, very, very bad offensive line. And Cam Akers was fairly efficient, 4.3 yards per carry. Um, you know what I really like about Cam Akers, man, is the fact that he's going to score so many more touchdowns this year. Like, he only had three total touchdowns in, what did he play, like 13 games last year? Uh, 12 games? What did he play? I'm pulling it up right now. Cam Akers is just one of those players that, like, you want to get on your dynasty roster now because... Like, look, look, look. I want to wear this correctly. His price is very inaccurate, right? He, so he played 12 games last year. His price is very inaccurate. He was PP, um, PPR running back 46. And yes, I know. He came on at the end of the year. I get it. Like, I am I got nothing but good things to say about Cam Akers. I'm just saying, like, if you want to buy him, you got to be careful because you got you to gotta spend a fortune. But he's just... You know, he's not proven yet, so, like, that's why I'm a little hesitant. I And I was very, very close to buying him, but I was hesitant, right? It was in the back of my mind, like, dude, I'm paying a fortune for this kid. I'm going to be paying two two first-round picks and, like, a lot of change after that. And this kid may never do anything, right? Like, like that's a possibility. Do I think he's going to do something? Yeah, absolutely. I think he's going to be good. Um, I love Cam Akers in Dynasty. I like him in Redraft, okay? There's a reason I worded it like that, because I don't think he's going to be as good as people think this year, but I love him in Dynasty. I do. He's one of those backs that, like, look, if you want to go break the bank and pay for it, okay, I'm fine with it. But you better hang on to him for years, because 
he may win you championships for years, man. It's uh, it's those young running backs that you want to secure. You want to secure those Acres, DeAndre Swifts, um, Jonathan Taylors, all those. You know, all the Antonio Gibson. You want to you want to secure these guys now, or draft that. Preferably draft. I always say you want to draft these guys, right? Because that's the cheapest you're ever going to get them, or the cheapest you'll ever get them. Sometimes is you know if they have a slow rookie season. Like Cam Akers was dumb cheap. He was so cheap uh, early to mid-season this year because he wasn't getting a lot of touches. He was also injured, right? So, like, people were, owners were getting nervous. GMs were getting nervous. They were like, look, I'll just, I just want a second back, or I just want a single first back for Cam Akers. I just want to get value back for him, like what I paid, like a first-round pick. So I'll sell it to you, right, because I'm panicking. And, like, that's when you buy, man. Like, Javante this year, if he sucks in the beginning or gets hurt or Melvin's just a stud, you buy Javante midseason because he's going to be as cheap as you can ever get. And if he hits, you're going to win tons of championships with him, right? That's just the reality. But, look, Cam Akers, he's a very, very polarizing player. He's just, you know, he hasn't proven it yet, okay? And I get that. I still like Cam Akers. He's still a player I'm going to be targeting in Dyn- in uh, redraft. I, I'd love to get him in Dynasty, but I'm probably not going to do it, man. It just the price is too crazy right now. Um, but, look, all that aside, Cam Akers is going to have a good season. I hope the Rams give him the volume he deserves. Malcolm Brown being gone is so big. It is so big, dude, that it's like I can't even tell you, man. It, it it's That is maybe the most – beneficial thing that has happened to him this offseason, okay? Um, yeah, draft Cam Akers. I like Cam Akers this year. Good player. Uh, good good running back name too, man. Like real underrated. Cam Akers. That's a nice name. I like it, all right? James Robinson. Dude, this has got to be one of the most depressing things I could talk about on the pod ever. James Robinson was truly a gift from God, Okay. This kid just was literally handed to you in redraft for free and finished as, like, RB5. I don't, I don't even know, like, right around RB5. He was just a true gift from God. Um, no, it might have been RB7, whatever it was. James Robinson was something I have never seen before in my entire life, man. A UDFA that makes a team and Leonard Fournette is gone. James Robinson almost has 1,100 rushing yards, seven touchdowns on the ground. Um, I mean, this kid was – he had he literally had a game where he had a 100% snap percentage. Uh, or, sorry, I shouldn't say 100% snap percentage. He had 100% of the rushing attempts by the team, but by the Jaguars. Dude, I don't even see Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry do that. I was like, oh, my God, can we just do this? to every single running back, right? Can we have 32 relevant running backs like this? Like, true workhorse? I mean, you want to look at... If you Google the term workhorse, right, the picture of James Robinson in 2020 will pop up, actually, on Google Images. It's the first picture to pop up. I didn't actually Google... I don't know if that's true. I doubt that's true, but it should be true because he was he was stupid this year, man. Like, I tried to get him from this GM in my league for a first, a second, Slayton, and, like, some other garbage on my bench. And the GM wouldn't do it, right? And, like, I'm very grateful that he turned me down because, dude, that was, looking back at it, you know, like, James Robinson's probably not even worth a second-round pick today because of Travis Etienne. Um, dude, Urban Meyer, you suck, man. Like, like even if he's a great coach, man, Urban Meyer still pissed off so much of the dynasty and fantasy community. He just ruined James Robinson. Ruined him, man. 
I mean, I don't really get it though. Like, like, like I get that you want to benefit your team. You want depth. You know, he's better than Carlos Hyde, obviously. Uh, Travis Etienne, that is. But dude, like, you got to think about the dynasty and fantasy managers. Right? You just can't do that to us. It was, it was horrible. But with that being said, man, I don't think James Robinson. I don't think we'll ever see a season like this from him again, unless there's an injury with Travis Etienne. Like, dude, he's not gonna get the volume. He's he's just he's not gonna get the touches. He's he's not gonna get the snap percentage. You know, it's not gonna be there for James Robinson. Could he still like be a good player? Yeah, he could still be a good NFL player. But for fantasy, dude, forget it. I mean, forget it. Like, I want to be positive here, but. I don't see a world where James Robinson can actually be like a top 20 running back in fantasy unless there's a major injury for uh, Travis Etienne. I just, I don't see the possibility, right? And, and I say that because of volume. It is 100% the most, whenever you do make any decision in life, uh, fantasy, not life, fantasy, when you make any decision, before you acquire a player, you should ask yourself, how much volume are they going to get this year or in the future? Right, and if that number isn't very, 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 very high, you probably shouldn't make the deal because that player is probably not going to be very good unless they're very, very, very efficient. Okay, not a lot of players are very efficient, right? Like Nick Chubb, crazy efficient. J.K. Dobbins, crazy efficient. Like J.K. Dobbins, I literally said, dude, he's not going to be that good this year unless he is crazy efficient because the volume is not going to be there. And I'm going to take the odds that uh. You know, that he's not as efficient. He's not going to have six yards per carry. That was just stupid last year. Uh, James Robinson, great, great player. Extremely unfortunate situation. Uh, I probably won't even touch him in redraft, man. Like, at where he's going, it's... Yeah, I don't know, man. He's, he's going to be a bench running back for you, right? You're going to need an injury for James Robinson to be very, very relevant. So... With that being said, I'm just going to stay away from him, man. I love James Robinson, but there's just no point in drafting him. I'm probably not going to take Travis Etienne in any league either, man. I've taken uh, Javante Williams. I'll take Javante Williams before I take James Robinson, Melvin Gordon, or Travis Etienne for redraft purposes. And in Dynasty, I stand by that statement as well. Right, Javante Williams over all three of those running backs. Let's move on. we got two running backs, and then we're getting out of here. We have DeAndre Swift. And DeAndre Swift is probably one of my favorite players in the league. With that being said, it's because he is a stud. He is a young running back. I love my young running backs. I love, dude, he's got the tape on the back of his arms. Like, my buddy said the other day, like, it's confirmed that you're going to have multiple RB1 seasons when you have them. And it's so true, dude. Like, look at Alvin Kamara. I mean, DeAndre Swift has to be the next Alvin Kamara. No, I'm just joking. But I see that comparison a lot, and like I don't always agree with it, but but I I get it. Like I see it. Um, DeAndre Swift was really efficient this year. Four point six yards per carry. Uh, he had eight touchdowns on the ground, and then two more in the air. Ten total touchdowns. That's a good number, and I think he can match that this year. Detroit's so bad, but look, let me tell you something, man. When people get nervous about Swift because Detroit's so bad, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. And I'm going to tell you why. Who did we just talk about? James Robinson. Who did he play for? The worst football team in the NFL, the 1-15 Jaguars, who literally lost 15 games in a row. And they drafted first overall because they were actually the worst team in the whole league. And what did James Robinson do? 
a UDFA, a little bomb out of nowhere, finished RB5 or RB6 or 7, whatever it was. He was like RB5 to 7 this year as a rookie. Um, throw that narrative in the garbage that Detroit being garbage is going to bother or affect DeAndre Swift in fantasy. That is completely irrelevant, okay? James Robinson has just proved every single one of those haters wrong. All right, so forget that. Doesn't matter that Detroit sucks. And I'll tell you what, I like a lot of what Detroit's done, man. Taking Penny Sewell was probably the smartest decision, right? I wanted them to take a stud wide receiver, but look, let's be honest. Penny Sewell is the greatest thing that could have ever happened for DeAndre Swift's stock. That shot up in my books, in my rankings. DeAndre Swift, dude, he looked so good at the end of the year. Very similar to Cam Akers. And, like, dude, these players are just so much fun, man. I love, 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 love uh, young running backs. I just... Like, I think I'm going to change the name of the podcast from Fade Consensus to just, like, year one and two running backs because, like, that's what I enjoy talking about the most, you know. Uh, This kid is just, he's going to hit this year, man. I'm telling you, DeAndre Swift is, like, one of my top sleepers. I was trying so hard to get Josh Jacobs for a while, and I didn't even feel good about it. Like, I like Jacobs and all, but I don't, I'm not in love with him. Like, I'm in love with Swift, dude. I was, I just traded for him in Dynasty, and I got him, and I I, I couldn't, like, I was very surprised I got him, right, because... Because trying to get young running backs from other GMs is is probably the most difficult thing in the entire world, right? It's probably harder than, like, open-heart surgery. It's it's that difficult. But DeAndre Swift, yeah, Jamal Williams is there. Guess what? Jamal Williams has always been a backup. Okay, Jamal Williams has not taken over. Carryon Johnson was cut. What does that tell you? They believe in DeAndre Swift. They draft Penny Sewell. Uh, this kid is going to get so much volume. Jared Goff's not as bad as everyone thinks, right? Look. Jared Goff, whatever, I get he was at, he had a great team. He, t- he took a team to a Super Bowl, okay? He was there. He played, like, garbage, but he got there, man. Um, Jared Goff's got, like, I, I just feel like he gets ripped on a little bit too much, man. I'm not saying Jared Goff's, like, a good, solid quarterback. I'm just saying he's, he's not as bad as everyone thinks, okay? DeAndre Swift, great player. Draft him this year. I love, love, love that he's going to get so much volume this year, and I'm I'm telling you, man, it, volume, the number one thing in dynasty, or in fantasy, rather, the number one thing, okay? He's probably going to have over 200 rushing attempts. Probably going to have, he had 46 receptions as a rookie, 46 receptions. He's probably going to get like, dude, I, I think he can break 65 receptions this year. I think that's a very fair number. Uh, And he'll probably have over 500 yards in the air, probably have like, Dude, I, I expect him to have like two hundred rushing yard, uh, two hundred rushing attempts, and probably about nine hundred to a thousand, a thousand fifty rushing yards. Right? I don't think he's gonna go crazy on the ground. I just think he's gonna be a PPR machine this year. Right? He's gonna get targeted so much. They have no receivers after Amon Ross, St. Brown, and T.J. Hawkinson. Who was there? It's like literally that's it, dude. It's DeAndre Swift. He's gonna get so many passes. So trust me. Draft this kid, you're going to be happy. Last running back I'm talking about tonight, and then we're getting out of here, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is another player who's very, very polarizing, right? I got, (coughs) oh, man, this is, uh, I don't want to talk negative about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Like, he was my fourth running back, or fourth or fifth running back coming out uh, pre-NFL draft. Um, After the draft, obviously, everybody went crazy about Clyde because of the landing spot. 5'8", 207, right? His, his, his fine. His, his size is fine. Um, he checks a lot of boxes. He was fairly efficient as a rookie. 4.4 4. 4 
yards per carry, 181 attempts, 803 yards. Um, he only had four touchdowns on the ground, right? And I don't care about touchdowns. But in this case, this is kind of good, right? Clyde will probably score more than four touchdowns. I'd be willing to bet that on the ground. Um, You know, we're like Gibson at 11. Like, I expect a little bit of regression from him. But he, he might be able to match it. But, like, look at Cam Akers and Clyde Edwards-Alaire, man. Four touchdowns and two touchdowns on the ground. Like, these guys are going to score more. So that's good. That's positive, right? Clyde had 36 receptions for almost 300 yards. Um, Look, He's going to have more than that this year. I expect him to have more receptions, more yards. The only, like, like the biggest knock I have on Clyde is he's very, very bad at pass blocking. And if he could get better at that, he would have such a higher snap percentage, which ultimately leads to more fantasy points. Um, and I expect the Chiefs to be even better next year, right? They just got, they upgraded their offensive line so much. So that's a big, big plus for Clyde. Um, I don't love Clyde. I don't. He's like one of those guys I just kind of stay away from in in like redraft, right? But but in dynasty, he's he's one hundred percent more appealing, right? Would I would I like to own Clyde Edwards, Clyde Edwards Hilaire if I had the possibility? Yeah, absolutely. How could you not want to own a twenty two year old, uh, arguably workhorse running back on the greatest team in the NFL? Just about. Um, look, the last thing I want to mention is the RB two in the Chiefs organization is garbo okay garbage clyde edwards hilaire could truly be like a solid solid workhorse the volume could absolutely be there the line like i just said being upgraded is maybe the number one most important thing so i'm starting to uh i'm getting a little bit higher in clyde right i'm like kind of flipping back to like i like clyde more this year and i'm a little surprised that i'm saying that because i I was like pretty anti-clyde for a while man like he kind of looked bad as a rookie in a lot of games like look he 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 really did like when you know when they got Le'Veon bell at the end of the year like Le'Veon bell was garbage and like you would think clyde would have been dominant because lev was so bad but like the chiefs were just kind of gross their backfield was just bad last year at the end of the year so this year i expect things to change because of the offensive line and uh just the running back room in kansas city is a lot uh, a lot thinner i should say right clyde has a true true opportunity to really get a lot more touches so i'm going to end on that it is almost 10 o'clock fellas i'm gonna drop this episode five or six in the morning tomorrow but I don't know what we're talking about the next day. Maybe maybe year two wide receivers, something fun, something like that, man, because we only talk about what the people want to hear, you know, dude? We talk about young players, right? That's all I like talking about. We don't want to talk about the Melvin Gordons. We don't want to talk about the Todd Gurley's. We don't want to talk about, like, all these old players who are just – they're gone, dude. They're gone. We want to talk about the new shiny toys uh, over at Fade Consensus, all right? So – I am Austin Abbott. I will see y'all tomorrow. Trying to drop an episode every day. I just took two days off because it was the weekend. It was my girlfriend's birthday. Just having a good time. And quite frankly, I was so sick. So, yeah, man. I also got to have a life too, you know what I mean? Doing something else other than just recording podcasts every day. I was thinking about getting some YouTube videos as well. But I got to get... I don't know if I'm going to do a camera. But I got to get, like, better lighting in my room. I have a lamp and all. But... I don't know, man. Maybe I'll hit up Jeff Bezos, buy something off Amazon this week. All right, fellas. I'm heading out. Fade consensus. Peace. Au revoir. Adios. Goodbye.